From Sales Loft Podcast, it's No Nonsense Sales with your tour guide through the alphabet wilderness of sales jargon, Tom Boston. Well, here we go. It's episode 12. Already, we're absolutely flying through the alphabet of sales nonsense. And I hope you're strapped in and ready for the ride because this episode, one of my favorite sales phrases of all time. I've heard it more times than I care to tell you. If you're in sales, you will have heard this one at least once in your career. Let me set the scene. You're in a sales team meeting. Your manager comes in with a very stern, very stern look on their face. Team, we need some quick wins. It's time to go for the low-hanging fruit. Mmm, delicious, that low-hanging fruit. So this phrase describes those quick and easy win deals as fruit. Low-hanging fruit, to be precise. From a manager's perspective, the phrase makes sense. The fruit's easy to pick, and the team love fruit, especially when it's in such close range. I've always wondered about the low-hanging fruit, though. How ripe and juicy is it really going to be? From a rep's perspective, the fruit's already been nibbled on a few times by some of the local wildlife. And I do love fruit, but I think this fruit has seen better days. So I've rewritten the phrase. My take on the phrase would go something like, pick the high-hanging fruit. It's a lot nicer. Go and grab a ladder if you have to. I don't always think the low-hanging fruit is the way to go, and I invited on the show this week someone who agrees with me. He's the author of the number one bestseller, Problem Prospecting. He's been in sales for over 12 years, and he's now the co-founder and head of sales at My Sales Coach. He also lives about five minutes down the road from me, and I owe him a coffee. My guest this week is Mark Akers, and we kick off with an analogy about the beach. Now, one of the things I loved about your book was the bus driver beach analogy. And I'd love if you could just share it with our listeners, because I, I thought it was so interesting. So, okay, great. So, so here's the bus driver analogy. To take a step back, I suppose, it's all about knowing who your ideal customer profile is, right? So that is the exact type of company, prospect, etc., that will get the most benefit from your product or service they're the fans right i don't mean they're happy and clappy what i mean is if you took the product away from them the world would fall apart um these are the greatest customers the greatest retention rate the highest adoption the biggest champions of your brand and before you can really have a conversation with them you need to know exactly who you're reaching out to and as sales reps don't think it's not your job to know that. Don't feel like you can sit and rely on marketing or leadership. You need to know exactly who you're reaching out to. And I think if you don't know who you're reaching out to, or you try to be all things to all people, right? Then here's what you're gonna have. You're gonna have customers and prospects that have different voices, different needs, different demands, different problems, different use cases. And I think this is one of the biggest problems I had with my career early on was I, I sold at companies that in theory had lots of different use cases for lots of different people. But it's only when we got super tight with who we wanted to sell to, everything made sense. So that's the, the bus driver analogy, right? So let's imagine sales is the bus driver. We're, we're, we're driving this, this bus, the marketing department is advertising one destination for all intensive purposes let's call it the beach right an ideal getaway for anyone that wants some sun sea 
and sand. Custom success are all about kitting your prospects out for the day at the beach, right? So they're putting the sun lounges, the deck chairs, the towels, the sun cream, beach balls, spades, you name it, CS have got it covered because it's a day at the beach, right? There's only a finite number of things you can need there. And the product team is all about making sure the beach is perfect. So we now know what we're doing, right? As sales, we are driving people to the beach with a bus driver. But now we need to know our ICP. So let's call it 18 to 30, 30 year olds. Maybe Club 1830 would be a good name for that. Um, they, they are overworked and underpaid. They're in desperate need of relaxation. They're keen on sunbathing, sand and ice cream, and they don't have a driving license or a car, but they live near a bus stop. Now imagine how easy it would be as a sales rep to sell to that ICP, right? We are selling tickets to a day at the beach. And, and here's the thing, it's not only sales that benefit from that, more importantly, your customers do. They're gonna love the route that you're gonna take them on because it's direct to the beach. There's no mucking about. And when they get there, it's exactly what you promised. Um, and your offering is going to constantly improve as well, right? Because there's a joint vision across the business. Products are going to continue to focus on that day. Customer success are going to continue to focus on that. And so are marketing in terms of their advertising. And no customer is going to be unhappy. They're not going to churn. They're not going to ask for money back. But if you think about it differently, that, that's the bus driver analogy. That's knowing your ICP. That's having one common language. The flip is, if you try to be all things to all people, and we're still the bus driver, you've got people that might want to go to the cinema, people that might want to go to the shopping mall. You've got people that, quite frankly, like me, if I'm being honest, hate sand. Like, I hate the beach, Tom. I hate sand. I hate the beach. I hate the sea. Right? If I, if I was being sold to and I ended up going on this journey and I got there, it, I'd be a disastrous customer. But here's the worst thing. I'd start to give customer success a hard time. Customer success have got the wrong customers to look after, but they've got churn targets. So then they go to the product team and they try to alter the roadmap. Again, when you're trying to be all things to all people, there's no common synergy there. So the bus ride analogy was just saying a bit wacky that I come up with when I was writing the book, but to me, it made sense, right? You, you're selling everyone on the same journey. And that was the big thing for me in my career. We were sat down as a team. Um, we went away for, for a week as a team and we were like, Who's our happiest customers? And when we put them on the board, we actually noticed that they were similar age, similar job title, similar industry, similar personalities. And the second we made that switch, everything from prospecting to selling to customer success to marketing to product got easier because we were all doing the same thing. I love it. And I love this idea of uh, customer success with uh, with beach balls and yep. deck chairs just, just ready, right? But if we go back to what we talked about earlier, a great way to sell, right, is by telling people, look at these great times that we're, we're having on the beach. Let me tell you a story about someone who had to make their own way to the beach and how terrible their life used to be. So I could talk about that analogy for, for hours and hours and hours, but I want to swing it round to the, the theme of this episode, which is, of course, low-hanging fruit. Now, someone like yourself, been in sales for, for so long, you must have heard that old that old classic, we've just got to get the low-hanging fruit, guys, the quick wins, right? Yeah, I, I often hear it just before the board report or before the end of the quarter. Um, it's it's a phrase that really means we need to get some quick wins, and, and, and I get that. Um, 
What there isn't, though, are easy sales. I mean, obviously, look, once in a while you get a bit of an order that you take, but on the whole, it's it's hard. Um, but there, there's lots of things that reps can do if they are looking for the low hanging fruit. Okay, and so I, I had a little thought about this because I know I knew this was the title, so I thought if I had to go and get low hanging fruit immediately, what would I do? So here's here's some tips that anybody listening to this, second they're done with this podcast, can go and do the following things. Okay, so number one, load up the CRM, everyone's favorite place, right? Go and find all the closed loss meetings from the last twelve months. Call them up, right? But call them up and say that you're from Quality Assurance, and you ask the reason that they didn't go ahead. And here's what happens when you call from Quality Assurance. People will tell you the genuine reason they didn't go ahead, and you might just be able to change that. So, for example, I've had people go to me, do you know what it was? Just couldn't afford the annual payment up front. Well, how about if we revisited that? How about I put you back on with the AE and we revisit the payment plan? Someone will say, well, you just didn't have X, Y, Z feature. Oh, do you know we've got that now? Let, do we put you back in touch with the, uh, with the AE? Um, Perhaps their priorities change, but now might be a better time. I guarantee if you if you get your closed loss leads in the last 12 months, get an SDR, or if you're that SDR, be that SDR, call up from Quality Assurance, trying to just do a bit of research, the reasons you didn't go ahead, you will find ways to reignite those opportunities. So what else you can do? The same thing, go into the CRM, go back over all the no-shows, Call them back up, right? A no, a no show doesn't mean they wasn't interested. It, it could just mean something happened on that day, priorities changed. Um, what about customers that have churned over the last couple of years, right? Just because they churned a couple of years ago, it was it was a very different world two years ago. COVID happened, right? The world is waking back up. Call them back again. We can we can bring them back from the dead. Go on to LinkedIn. Um, Build a list, but not of new shiny people. Build a list of people who follow you, right? Familiarity will, will, will win, particularly if you're posting regular content and you're engaging. Call them up. We're connected on LinkedIn. It's a great way to get started. Sticking with familiarity, ask marketing for a list of newsletter signups, webinar attendees, people scanned at trade shows, people who follow your company on LinkedIn or other social media platforms. That will help. Other things you can do, right? Go into your inbox, search for people that replied to your emails and said, six months, three months, not a good time. The classic phrase, restructure. Um, they mention a competitor name. And you know what? Go into your call recordings, right? Everyone's got the table stakes conversation intelligence now. Search call recordings where people have mentioned, again, competitor names, not a good time. Call those people back up. These are all just very quick ways reps can get the low hanging fruit, but there's one mind, mindset shift they need to have, and that is reps hate old data. It, it, it's like it's rubbish, but the reality is it's not. You've just got to go back through it. Um, and the final, final bit of advice I'd give to anybody is avoid the glamorous names. Right. I know as reps, we all love going after whales or big organizations that we've heard of, the logos. I've just honestly, over the last six, seven years, just not given a hoo-ha about the logo. I actually prefer selling to unglamorous companies, um, companies you've never heard of, because here's the thing, 
other people aren't going after them. They're more likely to be impressed with your offering. Competitors aren't swimming around and you can genuinely impress them and, and get hold of them. So, yeah, I feel like I've gone on a rant there, but I thought with this being low hanging fruit, I was going to turn up prepared and I want to give people tips and tricks that they can put into, into practice straight away. Well, I hope our listeners uh, had a pen and paper handy because for me there, you've got, what, 10 kind of things you can do right now to make sure that you're making the most of that low hanging through. But the, the one that I really loved there from what you said was that idea of gathering information to find out maybe where it went wrong. Because mm. I think, and I learned this as a as a seller, when you have that mindset of wanting to learn as opposed to wanting to sell, you actually end up in a place where you're having a, a sales conversation, right? Because when you can align with problems, just like we said at the top of this podcast, that's when you can start to solve the problems. So I think that might be a really great place to kind of wrap up. But as you know, because um, I've told you this already, we're going to end with a pump-up song. And that's how I like to wrap up these these episodes. This is the song that you would put on to get you excited for a cold calling session, maybe to call back some of those close lost deals, right? To have that conversation. And I'd love for you to share what that, what that song is that you, that you've chosen. So, so, well, this is the thing. I didn't actually choose my pump up song, uh, a bit of a funny story. So my friend, Dan, he works for um, a radio show. Not sure I can name it. So I won't, he works for a radio show. And I told him that, the office all wanted to have their own song for when they closed the deal. Everyone in the sales team wanted to have their own song that we'd play because it's a national radio show. And he said, my friend works in sales. He needs a song to play every time he closes the deal. We're going to run, um, we're going to run this for the next couple of hours. People were texting in all their suggestions and a lot of the classic ones were there, but the one that the audience picked as the winner was uh, nobody does it better from the spy who loved me. Um, Hope and trust you're a James Bond fan there, Tom. But uh, so every time I close the deal, nobody does it better was was played in the office. And, and, and the lyrics for me are brilliant. I really liked it. Well, every time I hear that song now, I will I will think of you closing a deal. And as you know, I'm going to attempt to sing this song. Never um, never sang a Bond song on on the show. So, you know, wish wish me luck. But But Mark, thank you so much for your insights today and for joining me on the No Nonsense Sales Podcast. Appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Very, very kind. Always so kind. What a great audience. This is my attempt at a Bond song. Uh, do wish me luck. As I don't have the vocal range for this one. Nobody does it better. Makes me feel sad for the rest Nobody does it half as good as you Baby, you're the best To hear that track sang in full, the way it was meant to sound, check out the No Nonsense sales playlist, which is now available on Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe to the No Nonsense Sales Podcast on your favourite podcast player or, of course, by visiting salesloft.com slash podcast. <laughs>